Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and welcome to the Thursday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we have breaking news. The special counsel, John Durham, the Russia collusion special counsel, has struck again. That's right. He is indicted. It's his third indictment now. The central source, the primary source for Christopher Steele's dossier for lying to the FBI. Now, we're going to get to that in a second. There's a lot of major news in this 39-page indictment. But first, I want to tell you what we're going to be doing on today's show. Uh, After we walk through the Russia collusion stuff, we are going to spend the whole show with one of America's great intellects, one of their great thought leaders here in America, Dr. Carol Swain, formerly of Vanderbilt University, one of the most cogent voices in America on race, on politics, Christianity, on conservatism in America. She was one of the leading voices warning about the harms, the dangers, America's eventual distrust of critical race theory and equity learning in America. And we're going to spend the whole hour with her talking about that, about the how to read the elections, what constituencies did conservatives just pick up, what constituencies did Democrats lose as a result of the 2021 election, and what it might all mean for 2022 and 2024. If you've never heard Dr. Carol Swain talk, you are missing an enormous opportunity, a great intellect, a cogent voice. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. But first, let's get back to John Durham. Yes, he filed his third indictment today, a grand jury indictment, this time charging the Russian analyst Igor Danchenko with misleading the FBI on multiple occasions about his contact with Russian government officials and a Democrat-connected public relations executive. Basically, he lied when the FBI interviewed him back in 2017, did not tell the truth about where he got his information with, who he was dealing with. And I'm going to read you an excerpt because what the FBI says is because Dan Chaco lied to them and misled them, he materially misled the Russia collusion probe, causing agents to continue to go down the dead end rabbit hole that was Russia collusion. Direct quote from John Durham's indictment today. All of Danchenko's lies were material to the FBI because, among other reasons, one, the FBI investigation of the Trump campaign relied in large part on the Steele dossier to obtain FISA warrants on Carter Page. Two, the FBI ultimately devoted substantial resources attempting to investigate and corroborate the allegations contained in 
steel dossier, including the reliability of Danchenko subsources, and three, the company reports, as well as information collected for the reports by Danchenko, played a role in the FBI's investigative decisions and in sworn representations to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, the FISA Court. Wow, that's a big one. Now, you can read the whole indictment on justthenews.com. You can read my story and take on it. Big news all around, important news. Indictment three, it seems like more are coming, but indictment three goes to the heart of the Steele dossier. If you thought the Steele dossier was bad before, you're going to see just how bad it was. It was based on a source, a subsource that John Durham said lied repeatedly to the FBI. And tonight, we're going to have some more news for you about what Igor Danchenko's sources, what the people he said gave him the dirt on Donald Trump really say, I bet you're going to find out they disown what he claimed was written in those memos. We're going to get all of that to you over the next 24 hours. Start at justthenews.com with the story, Russian analyst, comma, primary source for Steele dossier charged with repeatedly lying to the FBI. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, that treat, I promised you an incredible conversation with Dr. Carol Swain. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick 
House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And I'm very excited to welcome this next guest to our show. She is truly one of the great thought leaders of our generation, uh, an extraordinary academic at v Vanderbilt University, uh, a great public speaker, a uh, enormous author, best-selling author, two books in the last year that I've read that I find amazing. Please join me in welcoming, welcoming Dr. Carol Swain to the show. Carol, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's an honor. You know, we're a couple of days from uh, the earthquake that was the uh, election on Tuesday. And I wanted to ask you, uh, as you look at what rolled out across the country, there seem to be some very clear messages from the American people. How do you interpret Tuesday's election results? First of all, I think that the American people are far more united in their values and principles than their political leadership. And that the election results in Virginia and the, the contest in New Jersey, that the closeness of the election in New Jersey, that that is just a sign that the American people are unhappy with how far our nation has drifted towards the left. In fact, many of us scarcely recognize America today because we don't seem to stand for any of the principles and values that many of us grew up taking for granted that, you know, for example, that if there were Americans stranded in foreign nations, we would use the power of our government uh, to get the Americans right. home. That was something that we knew that we could trust. Well, we can't trust that anymore. Uh, people are concerned about uh, the elections. They're concerned about the vaccine mandates, they're concerned about the fact that government is not even disguising uh, its intentions. There are people uh, that are willing to say that the government owns your children, they own your lives, and uh, our Constitution does not seem to be upheld by the judges and the people that we thought would protect us, such as the uh, FBI and the DOJ. Yeah, it is a remarkable moment. And so many, I had a blessing to travel the country in the two or three weeks before Election Day. And everywhere I went, Blue City, Red City, um, uh, there was this sense that America was just adrift, that the America we had been comfortable in for so long didn't feel like the place it was. And, you know, when institutions, I'm going to steal one of your lines now because I remember you say this many times. When institutions don't do the job that we hired them to do, we the people have to be the people who go in and go make a change. Is that really what voters did? They, they came in Tuesday and said, you know what, we're putting a stop to this. Well, it was the only power that they had. And even with the vote, if Democrats and Republicans had not come together to send a strong signal to the rest of the world, uh, Virginia would continue to be a blue state. And I think that Democrats show it that they really understand the political process. They don't have control over their party leaders. In fact, it seems like foreign governments like China and, uh, you know, the, the leaders in Afghanistan may have more sway over our government than we the people. And so I think that 
we the people came together to exert what power we had left, and hopefully it will send a a signal to people in both political parties because at the end of the day, this is not just about the Democrats. It's about the Republicans, too, that the elites have forgotten the American people. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was watching a clip, and uh, David Oxerod, who was the uh, the architect of the Obama uh, 2008 win, said that he was watching this election, and he said in his head all he could see was the uh, a party, he was speaking of the Democrats, who uh, thought we know better. They kept telling people, we know better than you about your children, about what you put in your body, what you do, uh, and that we know better elitism had disconnected them from the very people that make their living with their hands, and that the party had grown away from its base in such a way that this was an inevitable reprimand. How does that happen? How do we get so disconnected at the elitist level, you know, whether it's a big tech, big government, uh, big politics? How do we get so disconnected from the very people that we're supposed to represent? How did that happen in this country? Well, I mean, I think that it goes back to people losing sight of our Judeo-Christian roots. I mean, there were biblical values and principles that guided people, and uh, they had ethical and moral underpinnings that have been rejected by the elite. They they don't believe in anything except themselves and their knowledge, their power, their technology, their version of science. And as a consequence, they dehumanize uh, the people that uh, depend on them. They're not treating us as equal human beings with rights. uh, And um, they don't see themselves as having an obligation. It's like altruism is dead and any sense of obligation to everyday men and women. And right and wrong seems to become so morally relative now. And right is whatever someone wants it to be at the moment, and wrong in that system that said everyone agreed that's wrong, and that's right seems to have been obliterated by this, this new culture. In the book you wrote earlier this year, Countercultural Living, What Jesus Has to Say About Life, Marriage, Race, Gender, and Materialism, I wonder if you could just describe a little bit about, you know, when people hear the word counterculture, like, what does that mean? But it sort of describes the moment and generation we're living in America. What is happening? How is counterculturalism, if I could make up that word, so essential to the experience we've been having in the body politic? Well, I can say that for people who are Judeo-Christian uh, believers, whether they are Christian, Jewish, and you know, like I don't, I don't know a lot about Muslims, but I would imagine uh, uh, devout Muslims that uh, our religious uh, beliefs call us to live in a particular kind of way, right. and the culture that we are in now takes us to the total opposite of the values and principles that many of us hold dear. That we believe, you know, that these things are important. They're connected with who we are as religious and moral beings. Our culture uh, has moved in the total opposite direction, and if we stand for the things that we're supposed to stand for, we become targets. And I think that it's important for people of faith to realize that uh, they are on the outside, that they are living in an environment that seems foreign, and even our country seems foreign because uh, our leaders have deviated so far from the things that we thought we held in common. That if you look, if you read, you know, and believe not just uh, the Judeo-Christian teachings, but also our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, our, uh, our sacred text that we as a nation held there, 
it seems to me that all of those things mean nothing at this moment to the secular cultural elites who are in control of our nation. And so in my book, Countercultural Living, which was written for a Christian audience, like God is very clear about his position about life. And it doesn't uh, make alliances uh, for euthanasia, uh, for the animal-human embryo cloning, for uh, the taking of human life uh, in the form of things that we would consider murder. Uh, God is very clear about what a marriage is and what it should be. Uh, when we look at our race relations, we don't need critical race theory and uh, secular uh, humanism and cultural Marxism to tell us how to have racial reconciliation, that the Bible speaks very clearly about God creating one human race, uh, and from that, all nationalities derived from that one human race, uh, we are told as believers that uh, we are supposed to be countercultural. We are supposed to be known by our love for one another. And God is not a God of distinctions. He makes that very clear. And the principle in the Bible is forgiveness. And so in the case of slavery and some of the things that have happened uh, in our past, these are not things that we should hold other people in bondage for for the rest of their lives. We're supposed to be looking forward and not looking backward when it comes to uh, male and female relationships and gender, all this confusion that we have today, uh, it should not be confusion for Christians who are following their guidebook, uh, because the Bible is very clear, clear about male and female. It talks about the roles that uh, each sex are supposed to hold. It talks about church leadership positions, as well as uh, within the arrangement of a family, and then materialism. Uh, a lot of what is wrong in America, what's wrong even with capitalism, is greed. Uh, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, that are hiking up the prices of drugs and with the coronavirus and the vaccines, it's hard not to believe that this isn't about money uh, and power and politics uh, as much as it might be about health care. It's not about health care anymore. It's about something else. We can all see this. And so we are in this uh, culture, culture that's moving in one direction, and we are called to run counter to that and to be grounded in our values and beliefs. And so that was what I was trying to say in that book. I use my own life and my own mistakes to, to kind of illustrate how not to live your life. So that was my first Christian book, and it was difficult to write. Really? Because it's very just... difficult. No kidding. How come? Well, when I was asked to do it, uh, I thought it was going to be a piece of cake. You know, right. they asked initially for 10,000 words. I'm thinking five chapters, 2,000 words each. I'll knock it out. What ended up, um, you know, being probably about four months late. But I had to grapple with the scriptures, what I believe, and, uh, and then trying to put the things together in a way that I thought an audience would benefit it, benefit from it. And so, um, you know, like I wrote a chapter on marriage. I've had two divorces. Right. But I wrote the chapter. I shared my mistakes, but I also talked about God's view of marriage. And so I wrote the chapter about life. Well, I know what God says about life. Well, I've had an abortion. I share that, and I believe that it's important for us as leaders to be transparent. Don't pretend that we are 
something we're not. We're not perfect. We're very imperfect. And when it comes, you know, to race relations, I was born and raised in Virginia. Uh, Virginia has always had its racial uh, struggles and racial challenges. Right. And yet, you know, I believe there's one race, the human race. I believe it's wrong to discriminate against white people the same way it's wrong to discriminate against black people. And I believe that the Bible's biblical justice is all the justice we need. We don't need a social justice rooted in Marxism. That comes through in so much of what you've eloquently spoken. You know, when people hear you and you're such an eloquent person, you're such a a person of great thought, but your life started pretty rough, right? You were a high school dropout, you were a teen mom, uh, and you you, you went through all the hard knocks of life even as you rose up to be such an essential voice. That connectivity to where you came from, you don't ever seem, when you read the books, you don't ever seem to forget where you came from. And I think that grounds you in a way. How does that help you connect to people when you're, you're talking to them, that, that life's experience, how does that help you convey your values to new generations of kids today? Well, first of all, I feel like I'm called to be transparent. The times I've tried to, you know, fit in or pretend to be something I wasn't, I failed miserably, and it didn't last longer than a few hours And after I made a fool out of myself. <laughs> no kidding, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, true. And so I've, oh, I feel like I've been called to be authentic, but I came, you know, from the poorest of the poor. I was one of 12 children. We all dropped out of school, and I still have relatives that are in poverty, but I believe that God raised me up, and he... Uh, delivered me from a crippling shyness that I had up into my 40s. In fact, I had my Christian conversion experience in my 40s, and it was like God took it away. And before that, uh, I was afraid, you know, to do media. And with my first book that won all the national prizes and stuff like that, I had a chance to be on Good Morning America. I did not do it because I was afraid. And, uh, And God impressed on my mind that he had given me a message bigger than me and I should focus on him, just pleasing him. And so I go forward and I speak the things that I believe are true. I speak the things that I believe that um, um, that are consistent with my faith and what our culture needs. And it's not always, you know, things that are going to make people happy. And my identity is in Christ. It's not in my race. It's not in, you know, the Republican Party. Right. Um, my identity is in Christ. So I see myself first as a Christian believer called to love all humanity, and then I'm a conservative, and uh, and then we can keep going down with identities. And so right. you can get down to Republican, you can get down to Black, but that's not uh, the most important identity. And I think if we, as Christian believers, just across the world, if we identified in Christ first, we would have many fewer problems. Yeah, that's a message that comes through so powerfully in that book, particularly. Uh, the other book you, you wrote this year, uh, Black Eye for America, How Critical Race Theory is Burning Down the House. I think Tuesday night the house got burnt down in a very unique way, right? Because obviously there were school boards that flipped over this issue. Uh, Glenn Youngkin clearly used it successfully. But the ultimate I think debunking of critical race theory is the final outcome of the race. We have a Latino attorney general elect in Virginia. We have a African-American woman for the first time as a lieutenant governor elect. We have an Asian mayor. We have an African-American mayor uh, in New York. There were no caps. There was no suppression 
people voted for the people they wanted. They didn't look at skin first. They looked at policies and priorities and the people. Does the actual outcome of the uh, uh, of this election actually, in its own way, sort of debunk critical race theory and the idea that we're inherently racist? It certainly does. And also, if you look at the critical race theory uh, movement, the the uh, resistance to it, it's not white people, you know, resisting uh, racial reconciliation or race. There are blacks, there are immigrants who are taking a leadership role because they know it's wrong to discriminate against someone because of the color of their skin. They don't want their children shamed and bullied. Plus, they see the harm that's being done to minority children. I mean, we are being, um, the clock is being turned backwards. And you look at someone like me who came from poverty, and because we had a successful civil rights movement and we passed three major civil rights acts in the 1960s, People like me got a shot at equal opportunity. I was able to overcome the circumstances of my birth. And like Winsome Sears, I was able to attain the American dream. We want that for our children and our grandchildren, and that will never come from CRT. That will keep us divided, but it tells our children that they are inferior and that white people are supreme. CRT is a white supremacist theory because it says that white people have this special property interest in their whiteness, that white people are the only people who can be racist. So as a black person, I don't even have the agency to be a racist, according to CRT. Yeah, it is such a twisted take on the American society and and so antithetical to what we've become. We've had our dark moments and we've had our failures, uh, but we certainly aren't the nation that that theory has tried to portray us as. You said something I think is really powerful, and that is that At the end of the day, both parties need to take a message from what happened in this election on Tuesday night. Uh, If you're talking to a Republican or Democrat, what message, what advice would you give them to interpret these election results so that they can do better for America? Well, first of all, both uh, political parties seem to have leaders that have lost all sense of principles. Like if you're guided by a, a set of values and principles you don't have to guess about what to do. You know what to do. And I find that uh, with de- with Republicans, a lot of them are not trustworthy because they're so quick to compromise. And those that call themselves libertarians, uh, more often than not, they are people that really struggle because they can't decide, you know, what is right and what is wrong. They have no moral compass. So a lot of times, you know, like we all, many of us love Rand Paul, but at the end of the day, He's a libertarian, and the young people are following him because he's a libertarian. You're more likely to be divorced, I think, from the moral values and principles that have underpinned our nation, and you're going to make some bad decisions. And with Democrats, I used to be a Democrat. I was a Democrat most of my life. I find that uh, the regular people, you know, they, they, they still have values and principles, but when it comes to the leaders, They all seem to be sold out and bought out in a way that if they have a principle, they have no qualms about violating it. And so uh, I think that if Democrats could just even reconnect to the party they were 20 years ago, uh, our nation would be put first. Because right now, the interests of the American people, those interests seem to be, um, uh, to, to these leaders, they seem to be less interested in the American people 
and more interested in globalism and appeasing foreign nations like China. And, uh, and um, it's all about the money. It's follow the money. And when it comes to the vaccine mandates and all of these things, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, all of these organizations get money from private uh, companies and foundations. They are terribly compromised. They have a conflict of interest. If we're worried about our politicians having a conflict of interest, I'd rather have a politician with a conflict of interest than the agencies that are supposed to be monitoring our health. Yeah, great point. Absolutely. That conflict of interest could be fatal in in that circumstance. So, Carol, I could talk to you all day. You are such a remarkable voice in American politics and American common sense. And uh, I hope to get you back on the show soon. But I want to ask you this one last question as we as we head out here. You've been around a long time. You've seen the evolution of America. And you know, we go through these fits and starts. And it seems like the gravity of our Constitution ultimately pulls our, the pendulum back when we swung too far to the left. Was Tuesday night that gravity moment that uh, the American people, Democrat, Republican, Northern, Southern, Western, Eastern, decided that the pendulum had to be pulled back, that we had just gotten too far out of our, our normal uh, identity, our normal base of values? It was certainly a moment that was encouraging for people like me. And it, whether or not it will be influential on the leaders, I don't know. But I think that the American people spoke loud and clear. Uh, they don't like the direction our nation is moving in. And I feel like we are at a, uh, a moment in history that if we don't change course, the America that many of us knew, grew up with, and loved, that it's not going to exist any longer because right now we see, even with the Supreme Court and just various institutions that we thought we could trust, right. at least I thought we could trust those institutions, they are all failing. And unless we can somehow get these institutions to change course and go back to uh, their original missions and be, be more committed to the nation than they are to short-term leaders, then um, unless we can get that to happen, I don't see much changing. But I'm very encouraged by what happened uh, uh, Tuesday night, and I believe that uh, the American people uh, are more united than their leaders, and it cuts across political party, and CRT, I would say, is universally disliked across partisan lines, across racial lines, and that if the leaders had any wisdom at all, they would take the message and they would change course. Yeah, that is the key. There was a message delivered. Now the question is, was it received? Carol, thank you so much for delivering so many powerful messages. Every time you write a book, every time you give a speech, uh, you bless America with a lot of wisdom. And uh, I want to thank you for doing that for us here today on John Solomon Reports. We're really, really grateful. Thank you. To God be the glory. Amen to that. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So 
you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thank you for listening. Go check out that story on Just the News about Igor Danchenko. A lot of new tentacles, a lot of new information about just how bad a dirty trick this Russia case was. We have all of it for you on justthenews.com, and we'll have new stories when you wake up in the morning. So check it out. We'll be back with you tomorrow, Friday, to wrap up a really dramatic week of elections, investigations, and so much more right here at John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.